Africa Calling, a bi-monthly podcast with sound-rich reports from our correspondents on the continent. African Voices reporting on African stories produced by Radio France International. Hello and welcome to our Season 2, Episode 18 of the Africa Calling podcast on May 13th, 2022. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. We have a number of stories from the African continent this week, including how Nigerians are trying to deal with an unstable power supply in light of the Ukraine war. Plus, we'll take a look at how Kenya's capital is dealing with rabies. And in Sudan, our correspondent speaks to fishermen on the Nile who are dealing with climate change. And finally, don't forget our special song at the end. Africa calling. In Nigeria, an unstable power supply is unfortunately par for the course. That leaves residents with the option of relying on their own generating sets to supply power to their businesses and households. But recently, the price of diesel has skyrocketed and fuel has become scarce in Nigeria as the effects of the Ukraine war on global oil prices bites harder. In this report, correspondent Polum David speaks to individuals and businesses in Abuja to find out how they've been surviving. Hearing exclamations like this in Nigeria signifies that public power has been restored. Historically, Nigeria has never enjoyed a 247 power supply. So, citizens are thrilled whenever their bulbs are lit. But for some time now, the power situation has worsened in the country owing to frequent breakdown of the national grid. This grid transmits electricity to all parts of Nigeria and collapses when there is an imbalance between demand, generation, transmission and distribution of electricity. This throws the nation into total blackouts. Africa Calling spoke with graphic designer Emmanuel Daniel, who says the worsened power situation is cutting into his business. As a graphics designer... Without light, you cannot power on your system. Without light, you cannot even work that day. Even though you have generator to see for by is wahala. And when customer give you work, you want to charge customer more so that it will cover fuel. And customer will tell you they don't have such amount. Some customer, that is how they will not give us the work again. And it's really affecting our business. Before now, in a week, I used to make like 60K. Now, I'm struggling to make even 20,000. Graceville Godwin is a social media content creator who is also affected by the erratic power supply. Just like today, I just, I noticed that, okay, the light have been stable for like 30 minutes. I said, okay, Grace, you need to dress up and let's do this. I've set my ring light, I've done everything, just to just touch up my feet and sit down, boom, they took the lights. And up to now, they've not restored the lights back. And if you say we should switch to generator, the noise from the background and everything is frustrating. Nigeria generates most of its power supplies from hydropower dams. Minister of Power Abubakar Aliyu says the reduction in water levels at the hydropower station during the dry season is responsible for the recent erratic power supply. Nigeria also relies on gas power plants for power supply. But with the Russia-Ukraine war hindering access to gas from Eastern Europe, the power situation has grown worse. 
Energy analyst Sadiq Abba says the poor maintenance of the already weak and fragile national grid in addition to vandalization of the power cables adds to the problem. But he says there are possible solutions. What we need to do about this is get substantial investment throughout the value chain. From the generation side, we can explore more sources of energy, uh, more investment in the transmission infrastructure, whereby we need it to be robust. For the distribution side, also, they need the infrastructure also needs to be revitalized, refortified, and, and strengthened. At the end of the day, turning on a generator is the last option for residents. Depending on the generator, either diesel or fuel is needed. But the price of diesel in Nigeria has surged from an average of $0.70 per liter in January to about $1.69 per liter in March this year, making it almost impossible to afford. This is coming at a time when many are just recovering from the stress of staying in queues for many hours just to buy fuel as it suddenly became a scarce commodity. Nigeria imports refined petroleum products because its refineries are dormant. In February, the government said off-speculation fuel with a high level of methanol was imported into the country by all marketers. Contaminated fuel needed to be withdrawn from fueling stations all over Nigeria. This resulted in weeks of fuel scarcity. The Russia-Ukraine war has also disrupted supply of petroleum products to Nigeria, as the bulk of the refined petroleum products coming in from this region are facing delays. As a result of this, fuel prices soared, transportation fares hiked, as most people bought fuel from black marketers who sold the products at $1 per litre, which is about three times more than the government's approved price. Taxi! Taxi! Wait, wait! Kikelo a media practitioner, uses taxis to commute round Abuja city centre for work. But nowadays, she says the transport cost is hitting her pockets hard. You know how they're like, oh, if you don't drive, the the fuel issue might not like get you. That is a big lie. <laughs> Because it it really did get me. So now, I, I mean, I'm used to taking taxis here and there. You book a car and, you know, you're moving from one place to the other. So in a case whereby you budget like, what, 10, 15,000 for your movement, you're spending up to 25,000 per week, you know, depending on how far you are going or where you are going to. So it was ridiculous, honestly. Peace Amaogo, an events planner says, when bus fares go up, Every other aspect of her business is affected, making her run as a loss. The force scarcity has, in ways that I cannot explain, affected my business so badly that I can't wait for this menace to be over. And I really wish the government would do something about it because now I spent so much more to get my job done and it's just overwhelming. And then every other vendor who I need for my events and weddings are already doubling their prices because you really can't blame them too. Once transportation cost goes up, it affects the price of things and everything just keeps spiraling. It's becoming frustrating. Corporate firms are also feeling the heat. As Joshua Kbebelo, a manager at a non-governmental organization in Abuja, says this disturbing fuel and diesel situation have negatively impacted the productivity at his workplace. People have to go out of their way, have to struggle to get to get fuel to put in their vehicles to come to work. Aside that, 
Sometimes you need to work extra hours in the office. Come with the fact that there is no NEPA light or AEDC light, power holding, right? You have to burn more diesel to power your infrastructure. Sometimes you have to buy from the black market, but there's a huge risk because you don't know what you're getting out there. You don't know the quality. You don't know the impact it can have on your equipment. But perhaps it takes a businessman to solve the crisis. Africa's richest man, Aliko Dangote, has invested $19 billion to set up a 650,000 barrels per day petroleum refinery in Lagos, Nigeria, which is set to be commissioned later this year. He said this will cater for the petroleum needs of the populace so that even if the power supply situation doesn't improve soon, there will be available and affordable petroleum products in the country. And that day will come, none too soon for Nigerians who continue to struggle during their daily hustle. Reporting for RFI's Africa Calling, this is Palum, David in Abuja. Find us on your favorite podcast platform app, including iTunes, Spotify and Google Podcasts. In Kenya, rabies response has been fragmented as in other parts of the world. According to the World Health Organization, dog bites cause almost all human cases of rabies. It set a goal in 2015 of zero human dog-mediated rabies deaths by 2030 worldwide. Correspondent Carol Machuru reports on veterinary services' efforts to reach the target of ending rabies in and around Nairobi, Kenya's capital. My name is Nduta. And that is Pablo making noise and proxy. My name is Irene Mwania. I have only two chihuahuas. One is called Becky, the other one is called Kingsent. It's a male and a female, white and black. Meet Nduta and Mwania. They are dog owners in Nairobi. Their dogs received rabies vaccinations at a campaign organized by the government's veterinary department and sponsored by the Nairobi Metropolitan Services, a government agency running the affairs of Nairobi City. Rabies is a viral disease that affects the central nervous system. It can be transmitted from any warm-blooded animal to humans through the bite of an infected animal. Due to the high cost of human rabies vaccine and treatment, it is cheaper to vaccinate dogs to prevent the spread of the virus. And once an animal or human is infected, there is no cure. Rabies almost always leads to death. Dr. Daniel Karogo, Director of Veterinary Services Nairobi City, speaks to Africa calling from his office in the capital. He says dogs are key to preventing the spread to humans. So for you to be able to protect humans, you must make sure that you break the rabies cycle and it's broken by vaccination. That's one of the tools we use. Because once the dogs are protected, then uh, you cut off the cycle of transmission to humans. The regime of post-exposure vaccination of humans, it costs something like 10,000. The regime for protecting a dog is a hundred shillings. So we use a hundred shillings to save 10,000 and also to save lives. 
The World Health Organization notes rabies as one of the neglected tropical diseases that mostly affects poor and vulnerable populations who live in remote rural locations. With proper planning, rabies can be prevented with more of such campaigns around the world. Mwania has been keen on ensuring her dogs visit the vet regularly. I have a vet who usually comes to check on them, so the vet is not very expensive. Uh, we had some clinic last, I think, two, three weeks ago, where we had an NGO and government who came to vaccinate the dogs, and we had some care. We were given cards. Due to the high cost of treatment and care for dogs, most middle-class Nairobi residents rely on free campaigns for rabies vaccines for their pets. Mwania and Duta took advantage of this. A number of neighborhoods in Nairobi were targeted, says Dr. Karogo. We chose the particular areas for a particular reason. We chose uh, Kasarani, especially Roy, because that area has had a bad history for the last two years of having rabies. We have had rabies in donkeys twice. We have rabies in dogs twice also. We have rabies in a, in a goat. So it's an area that uh, is exposed. There must be a wildlife vector. The wildlife, the mungos, the jackals, they, are, they have this virus. And then they transmit to dogs and dogs transmit to people. Stray dogs roam the streets of Nairobi. Some never had a home, but others were abandoned by owners who weren't able to take care of them properly. This determines which neighborhoods are selected for the vaccination campaign, says Dr. Karogo. The other areas, we target them because of uh, low income. That is Kayore and Kibera. These are low-income settlements. And these low-income settlements, people are struggling to, to find their own food. Eh? So the dogs are given res- resertation. They are left alone to roam, to look for food. And that's how, again... They end up getting rabies and transmitting to people. It's the attitude of those who abandon their pets that upsets some people. Having a dog is privilege, not a right, says Dr. Gabriel Oma, a veterinary surgeon who operates a private clinic in the city. I am biased towards small and companion animals. Pets. We call them for babies. We call them families. We call them for legged friends. And we call them our people. We live with them 10 to 17 years. When you are at work working, the animals remain with your kids. If you cannot take care of an animal, and I repeat, if you cannot, please do not keep one. Keep an animal if you can vaccinate it, if you can treat it, if you can give it enough space, and of course, if it can get the care that it deserves. Rabies elimination needs adequate and long-term investments. This would include creating rabies programs as well as engaging local governments and affected communities. As Dr. Karogo notes, challenges can sometimes slow down objectives. There is an issue of capacity. You need specialized vehicles because what we really dream about, our own dream and our own vision, is to have patrols in the community. Patrols where we patrol routinely, we allocate our 10 officers' uh, regions, just patrol and see whether they are stray animals, and if they are there, you catch them. But right now, we have been uh, kind of responding to complaints. We do respond, 
but uh, our wish is to be proactive. And uh, once the vehicles come in, we expect they will come in this financial year, I think you see us more in the community. Rabies is a serious problem that Nairobi City is trying to rectify with low-cost vaccination clinics and rabies awareness. Prevention and education among city dwellers in Nairobi has already made a difference, but more needs to be done to ensure the safety of dogs and humans too. Reporting for RFI's Africa Calling, this is Carol Gachacha Moshero in Nairobi, Kenya. Africa Calling, produced by Radio France International. In Sudan, although the country boasts many waterways, which were once teeming with fish, fishermen on the Nile River live a difficult life. It's a combination of climate change and the government construction of dams. This, in turn, has led to a decrease in fish production, as well as the high cost of operating boats. The fishing sector has remained one of Sudan's most neglected industries, which has made many fishermen leave their profession and seek other alternatives. Correspondent Yasser Haran has more from the banks of the Nile in Khartoum. Fishing boats are ready out this morning on the river. Gathim Sajur, father of six, has spent most of his life fishing on the Nile. The 14-year-old says that fishing conditions are not the same as before. He says it is cases by severe factors, including dam, that is the government has established on the river. In recent years, fish stocks have diminished. Many fishermen have abandoned the profession because of the changing climate of the Nile and because of government-built dams. In the past, we used to catch two or three hundred kilos of fish every day, which was sufficient and profitable. But now, this work has little return due to natural conditions on the Nile. Boat rental has become very expensive compared to previous years. It's now 10,000 Sudanese pounds, that's about 15 US dollars. We can't cover the costs and take care of our families. Most of the fishmen here on the Nile use widon and motor-powered boats and rely on traditional equipment such as nets, long line and hook. Many complain about the lack of fishing. Fishman Mu'taz Ahmad explained that is when Shangis have also hindered their catch. When the weather is very cold in the winter, the number of fish in the Nile decreases. The low water levels also cause a decrease in the amount of fish that we catch during the day. During this time, the fish are too small and you can't sell them. But when the water temperature rises to 28 degrees, we also have a small catch. It's not like before. We only produce about 300 tonnes a day. It's not enough to live on, considering the work we do. Back on land, we speak to Sudanese Water Authority to get the official line on the, what the government is doing for the industry. So far, the Sudanese government has not paid any attention to the development of water bodies, despite the fact the Nile, it is tributary, represents 19% of Sudanese productive potential. 
including dam, swamp, artificial lake, and reserve forests. Dr. Abdullah Muhammad, consultant for the Ministry of Irrigation and Water Resources, says that there are other areas where the fisher can still catch a lot of fish. With regard to dams and their effect on fishing, it does have a negative impact. But there are lakes behind the dam with plenty of fish in sufficient commercial quantities. Here at the oldest fish market of Omdurman, called to the Nile, dozens of vendors are offering their fish for sale. Fish sealer Ibrahim Abdullah inherited his job 16 years ago from his father. He says that it's, there must be more offered from the government to ensure that its young fish are not cut, that it's, there are plenty of fish tomorrow. Small-sized fish are caught on the Nile, but a certain weight must be set by the authorities, which would help everyone, including the fishermen. The fishermen are working in very poor conditions, catching small fish. Officials must look for solutions for all of us, including fishermen, during the fish breeding period. This is when fishermen need to stop. When they stop fishing for one day, it affects their families. Sudan has not done enough to support fisher and police control sector. Nafisa Mahjoub, Director General of the General Fisheries Administration, says Abilan is in place to regulate the industry. The General Administration of Fisheries has made a plan to organize the fishing profession by dividing it into two groups, those who fish in the rivers and those who work in the sea. We're developing a law which includes combating overfishing in the places set by the authorities. In order to increase production, we're working to rehabilitate and train producers and fish breeders. This will help to spread awareness in the fishing communities. After the situation of South Sudan, Sudan lost more than 75% of the Nile fish production, meaning Hague loses for the producer. Despite the offer it made by the government to develop the fishery sector in Sudan, this sector remains one of the most neglected. This is because of the government interested in the animal wealth sector at the expense of the Sudanese fish wealth. Fishers are having a hard time trying to make ends meet. It is due to climate change our lack of investment by Sudanese government. But everyone agrees that it more than need to be done to regulate the industry to combat indifference as well as climate change. Reporting for RFIF, Africa Calling, this is Yasser Harun in Khartoum, Sudan. Check us out on Twitter, Africa underscore underscore calling. We're at Africa underscore underscore calling. 
We're almost at the end of our program, but we have music maven Alison Hurd in the studio. Hi, Alison. What song do you have for us? Hi, Laura Angela. I'm very happy today to bring you some sounds from Sudan, from Port Sudan, in fact, on the Red Sea coast. That's the heart of Beja culture. Now, Beja are an old community that can trace their ancestry back thousands of years. Some historians even say they're among the living descendants of ancient Egypt. Now, their culture, language and music suffered a lot under Omar al-Bashir, but they have carried on being on the forefront of political change in Sudan for decades now. They were very active also in the 2018-19 revolution, and they've also used music as a form of protest and resistance, none more so than Nuri and his Dorper band. Their Beja music has been picked up recently by the great New York-based label Ostinato Records, and they've published a six-track album of their music. It's called Beja Power. It's being released in June, but today you'll have a little foretaste. The band interpret old Beja melodies using soul, blues, jazz and rock. You'll be able to hear some haunting tenor sax. And Nuri himself plays the tambo guitar. That's a unique hybrid uh, using electric guitar and electric tambour, which he made himself. And uh, I've chosen the opening track. It's called Sagama. I hope you like it. Excellent. On that note, thanks for listening to Season 2, Episode 18 of Africa Calling. We'll leave you with Nori and his Dorpa band. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. This episode was edited and recorded by Erwan Rome and Victor Uhl. Goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.